time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jaja, call me, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey! This is escape? Then where the pod? Here's the Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we've got Blake waiting in the Escape Pod today to chat all about the Bad Batch review for the uh, for the premiere episode that launched on May the 4th. And uh, man, we've been busy lately. And of course, we had a few pre-recorded episodes that we had to drop a little bit. Uh, we also got another one dropping on Monday for the, uh, for the Battle for Endor episode, the commentary track that is. Uh, you can consider that some bonus content because the real deal right now the, the headlines dominating is the Bad Batch premiere. So we're going to get into Bad Batch review and uh, talk about that with Blake. Let's get into it. Another happy landing. Welcome back, sir. Hello, hello. <laughs> Good to be here, as always. I, I could not do this show without you, man. I, <laughs> yeah, it would have been a mess. Let me just. It would have been a. It, it was Star Wars Escape Pod would have lived and died with Clone Wars talk, and that's it. That would be the end of the day. Yeah, end of the series. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, I'm glad I could be here to help you out. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's always good to have you back, man. And uh, and uh, we were just saying before uh, before the. Uh, to redo tech difficulties <laughs> tech difficulties <laughs> that uh ewok adventures was the most recent thing that we were doing when when the world is chatting about the bad batch we're talking about <laughs> well, ewok adventures that's right we had our own adventure to <laughs> go right. on that's right yeah yeah watching the Pick real new and, content yeah the old, yeah the real new content the vintage <laughs> that's right the vintage vintage yeah. new content yeah, new to yeah. anyone Don't. under 30. <laughs> Well, at some point, even even we got to acknowledge the new kid on the block, which is, uh, of course, the Bad Batch. It's true. And um, I mean, this is kind of a, I guess, a first reaction. Anything we noticed initially uh, with this premiere episode that happened about two weeks ago now. Um, well, actually, no, it was a week ago now. I think 10, 10 days, 10 days. It premiered on May the 4th. Yes, because so, they released the second episode just days later. Yeah, on the Friday. So uh, I guess we'll we'll be we'll be pumping these kind of initial reviews out here and there, and then we'll catch up again uh, with with I guess it'll be episode four. We'll we'll catch up by that one, I'm sure. But uh, you know, this, this premiere episode was something at least I was looking forward to for oh yeah ever since they announced it. I mean, like you were looking forward to this for quite I a was too. yeah because you you have this uncanny ability to get everybody on the Clone Wars train. <laughs> And so I was riding it. I'm sure you were you were conducting, but I was in my boxcar, and I was very excited for this to come out. And I feel like each other series that has come out since Clone Wars was unexpectedly canceled has made me yeah. want Clone Wars again more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Honestly, like it makes me sad that that we. I mean, I, I'm very thankful that we even got a finale. I oh, feel. Yeah. 
I feel like I shouldn't be more, I don't know. I, I, I want to say I'm like, I'm thankful for it, but at the same time, I feel like we shouldn't even have to be thankful for it. It should have just happened. Like it's the finale of the show that lasted so many seasons. It's the longest running Star Wars TV show in, in, in history. And, uh, and, and it's while Disney George was around. While George was around. Yeah. And his content and, and, you know, so many fans of that show. And then they just came in and canceled it. And, you know, and now here they are, flash forward a couple of years later after the whole initial Disney cancel everything Man, thing. It's and, really funny. Yeah, Disney came in and they canceled everything that was going and they tried to, from yeah. their perspective, right the ship. But we've now seen them backpedaling pretty hard in the last six months to a year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. just recently they started bringing back like LucasArts and they canceled the deal with, with EA. We'll get into that more later, but they did Mm -hmm. that. And then they're, they're now refurbishing a galaxy's edge. Are they not? I think I heard that. They're making a, uh, well, they're, so they're adding on a big section to the Florida park, which is the, uh, it's like the hotel part. Um, I've totally forgot what they're calling it, but, uh, they, they recently announced that they're doing a, not a cantina style, but like a, a Star Wars club style thing on a on the Disney Cruise Line, on the oh, that. the yeah, new yeah. the new boat boat that's going to be added to their fleet, and it's going to be stylized after Dryden Voss's bar or whatever. You know, it's very fancy, flashy cantina thing going on. Right, I mean, you mentioned so, that. It's not what I was thinking about, but okay. I think All right. maybe, uh, maybe they realized that they. Uh, I was thinking like the. The new the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is the sequel trilogy era, didn't hit the mark that they wanted. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. oh, are you suggesting that they're bringing in original? Trilogy I don't know, and but I feel content? like Disney will want to change that because I don't. I feel like they I should don't do that. think yeah. what they did is hitting is not bringing in the revenue they were expecting. Yeah, honestly, it was a very poor decision on their part. I think to make a plan to do a park that was based on all the new content alone. I mean, well, Disney was yes. trying to ride their wave of their content, right? Oh yeah. 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 You could totally tell, right? Like it's almost like, and here's the thing, right? So they might've come in and bought Marvel, taken ownership of that first phase of Marvel movies and stuck Kevin Feige in there and let it ride the success train. And it actually worked for yeah. that. Right. But with star Wars, it's like, you've had these six movies preciously cared for by so many fans for so many years and an animated show now and then they just come in they kill the animated show and then they take these six movies they make a trilogy that nobody really cares about anymore and they base a park that on those movies like on the, all the yeah, ships that you see and all true. the characters walking around are like none of the fans that are going Here's there the with thing, their though. kids the are going to care about that silver lining because they made it an obscure place in the galaxy and not some like hardcore like sequel trilogy spot like it's not you're not on a super like a mega star destroyer you're not yeah on canto bite right yeah it's pretty generic and it is they could it very is. easily swap that to something from mandalorian and then they're good to go yeah yeah minor makeovers and it'll swap the characters and honestly around. i would not be surprised if at some point in these live action shows we do see galaxy's edge i would not be surprised at all i think so too i bet that's gonna show up in in some upcoming show especially with there's so yeah. many yeah 
I'm willing to bet. I'm, I'm willing to bet money on it. Like, yeah. I, it is such a marketed place through comics, novels, even the second Thrawn novel that Timothy Zahn did in oh, the really? canon trilogy implemented Batu. Yeah. yeah. And it was, plus side it was so too, they could literally close off the the park for a, for a day and they have the yeah. set to film in. Yeah. yeah like, totally. They can actually just yeah. use it as a set. Oh yeah, it's all just there. Cover I mean, up the like, slurpy machines and you're good to go. Yeah, it might it might need a bit of bit of post work, but I mean it's it's like they've invested so much money into the biggest film set alive that it's like you know Well. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there. Maybe universal with so yeah. Actually, yeah, that's a good world, point. I think and and here's sort of the I brought this up this comparison before, but I honestly think I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge yet. But I honestly think, aside from the stuff that I would buy at Galaxy's Edge, the immersive experience as to being in a place, Harry Potter World does it better. Like yeah, just based on what I've seen, just yeah. based on what I've seen from videos and people's reviews and photos and everything like that, the miniature model that that we saw when we were at Celebration that one year, we said so we went to Florida Park and saw the the entire proto layout of the model. Uh, you know how they were constructing the park. Yeah. Everything oh yeah. From what I'm I've seen, saying when you were in. Uh, the part of, of Disneyland that's like Animal Kingdom, you could see it from the roller coaster. You could like see over the wall and like see the construction. I remember you talking <laughs> oh, that about was, that. That was the um, yeah. Where was that? that? That was actually that was at Hollywood Studios. Was that what it was? Were, yeah, and when we were we were in line or something for one of the rides over there, and you could you could see over the over, over the, the wall. Fence yeah. Into, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what yeah, they, well, they did, they did an exceptional job making this thing, but but at the same time, it's just like I find it weird that it's a Star Wars park, and then they they tell you not to be playing around with your lightsabers, like they want you wow. to hide them away. It's a Disney thing, unfortunately. Yeah, it's also it's also the thing like they don't let you dress up in Disney parks. All the right? coolest characters have helmets. <laughs> Yeah, all the coolest characters have helmets, and it's like you know your kid can't walk around wearing their their stormtrooper helmet or something. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the minor details are, but all I know yeah. is that they're very hardcore on anyone who comes into the park wearing costumes. And so, with the Wizarding World, though, you can go and buy a Gryffindor robe, the same ones that all the staff are wearing, posing as whatever, and you can look identical to them yeah. and it doesn't matter. Like the immersion is a lot better. There's no question. The immersion is I think so we talked much, about yeah, this on yeah. our previous episode. So we know I think we did too I deep. But <laughs> I think obviously did, our yeah. opinion has not changed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Obviously not. Obviously not. But I mean that being said, uh uh what were we to circle well, back? We're getting to, your, to the your... point where Disney's backpedaling super hard. Right, right. Backpedaling super hard. Right. So here we are Years after canceling the Clone Wars, and we get the Bad Batch, which is a direct sequel to the Clone Wars. I would have loved to have finished the Clone Wars. The twenty something yeah. odd episodes that we didn't get still don't have. Yeah, the ones that weren't adapted into a novel or a comic, right? Um, we don't have that stuff. And uh, they showed some clips of it at Celebration, and you know, unproduced proxy animation. And uh, it was cool. Like there was some Boba Fett arcs, and there was some sketches from Dave's notebook, and. Uh, there was a Yoda arc with Kashyyyk in there. And, and you know, it, there's an extensive amount of stuff that um, actually in one of the Clone Wars after show episodes with Diego that we actually did a dedicated episode to all the unfinished story arcs when we were going through the, the chronological order. But um, there's a lot out there that isn't made. Right. And uh, I think with Bad Batch being a sequel to the Clone Wars mm-hmm. is, is such a crazy concept that I never would have thought it happened. No. You know? 
And it's really interesting to just see the the evolution that happened with Bad Batch because they originally were a part of the story reels from the unfinished yeah, episodes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. If you go back to the season six Blu-ray, the Lost Missions Blu-ray was subtitled as it's actually bonus content for the Utapau arc. Yeah. And uh, the Bad Batch arc where those yeah, two they had arcs to do were with the, the giant animation. crystal. The yeah, giant crystal. that's right. Yeah. Crystal Crisis on Utapau. That's what they called that story arc. So they had that one and then they had the, the Bad Batch story reel, which was uh, the other four episodes. And uh, I forget if those ones were just dropped on StarWars.com or if they were dropped on the Blu-ray, but um, it came out with that Clone Wars Legacy project, which was a very short-lived attempt to revive what they could from yeah. the dead uh, it was Clone a, Wars episodes. around the same time that they started putting out the new novels. I think it was supposed to be inspiration yeah. for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because Dark Disciple, I think, was like the fourth canon book that they made or something. It was one of the earlier ones, yeah. for sure. But, um, but just crazy. To, I want to say just to see the evolution from that to uh, seeing them in the the final conclusion series a season of Clone Wars that we got to now getting their own, own franchise, yeah, their own series. It's a, a very interesting arc to see them move up the ladder so quickly. It is to to uh, yeah go from one arc to a featured cast of characters in a show for yeah. themselves like that's. That's crazy, right? Like, I know that they were fan favorites in the proxy animation, but I didn't know that they were superseding the level of anybody else, right? Like, yeah, because I mean, they could have just done a series on on Rex, yeah, post or, or even 66. like Rex, Gregor, Wolf, like all the clones that we see in Rebels. Yeah, they could have done something that featured them as like them, a main yeah, cast that struggling together, through right? the Order sixty six post right. situation. Exactly, but they didn't do that. They chose to do it with the mutant, the mutant yeah. clones, right? And what, so. it's super weird because I've just noticed time and time again the similarities between the Bad Batch characters and the Commandos from the old books. Yeah, actually, yeah, you you, you brought that up quite a few times. Now it's been a long time since I've read those Commando books, probably around ten years. Yeah, that I finished the series. Um, but yeah, what what kind of similarities are you thinking of, like in particular? Well, I don't want us to jump too ahead if we have other things you want to talk about. But in the Commando books, we talked about the first episode last time. You know, they have like all individual characters that are kind of all the same. And then right. uh, something that really stood out to me in this first episode is that now they brought in this this young female who we've. Like, we're going to talk about it. She's a clone. Spoilers. So uh, there's actually a young – there's a child. I I think it's actually a boy, but there's a child in the commando books who they have in secret and they're taken care of. And the commandos, they – after the – during the downfall of the Republic, they also escape and go on the run. Which is exactly what these guys do, and it's their crew. Right. And but they're with Mandalorians as opposed to these guys who are kind of on their own. And maybe they'll meet up with the Mandalorians. But I see a lot of similarities in where that story arc is going in this one. And not to get into yeah. the next episode here either, but they same as the books in this. They go to like farming planet. They're like hiding there for a while. 
about escape. So it's, mm-hmm. it's all the same. It's like right out of those books. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, not at all. I think they pulled a lot of stuff. This is the kind of thing that I like to look for with that statement that they made quite a few years ago, saying that legends will be used as this this bucket of ideas to then cycle into the canon at some point, right? And that never happened up until the last couple of years where Dave Filoni is the only guy that's actually been doing that. Like, true. if we look at anybody else, they haven't really been... I mean, arguably, Rise of Skywalker did a little bit of that with the Palpatine thing. But, I mean, that was pretty much it. Like, Dave Filoni's been bringing back everybody. Thrawn, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, there's rumors just the that they the trying to bring back Talon as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, the Blurgs. I mean, we, we had a big conversation yeah, about that. Him, on, it? Yeah. In the, yeah, I mean, I mean, in Clone Wars was the first canonical appearance of the Blurg, but but we were talking about that during Ewok Adventures, which is the first time that we ever saw one was in Ewok Adventures, Stop which animation. came out in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So it's an old thing, but not canon anymore, and then Dave Filoni brought it back. So... He's a cool guy. I mean, I can see why he's a fan favorite. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he, needs his own, he needs his own training card. He's like the guy who stands between Disney and the fans and like moderates. <laughs> it's Well, I, I picture him as our Kevin Feige, but with a company that's holding him back from his true potential. <laughs> I like to think of him as like Moses, where Disney is the water. They're trying to crush us all, but he's like spreading it so we can get through as the Dave fans. Filoni splits the sea for us. Yeah, he splits yeah. the Disney sea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, could escal- we could escalate this further. <laughs> I think of him more as Jesus. Where, <laughs> <laughs> where he died with uh, Disney bought everything and then and canceled Clone Wars and he was resurrected. Now he's resurrecting the franchise. Later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh yeah dave filoni you know he's a good guy but the <clears throat> bad batch first episode is is uh is well, how long was this episode this is an it's extra long, long episode yeah it was like 70 minutes or something like yeah, that it was over or, an hour yeah it was it was a long episode i, I liked it a lot because yeah, i like that it's they, kind of how they do these they, like large intro yeah, episodes yeah these large intros yeah i like that a lot because uh, clone wars premiered with a theatrical release and then rebels premiered with a two episode arc called sparker rebellion which was then released uh, as a tv as a at-home release dvd um never made its way to the theater though but then now with the streaming platforms we get that's a new thing in the mix and now Mm -hmm. we've got this extra long episode that makes its debut for this show as well so it seems to be a trend, you know, like all these animated shows get one long kickoff episode, everything except Resistance, which I'm pretty sure was just normal, a normal release. But um. well, it's, a, it's a smart idea because especially with Star Wars, there's so much to explain to the situation of what's going on. So yeah. that helps a lot just to really get your grounding to what the story is going to be about. Yeah, yeah, totally. Definitely. Even if it's setting telling everyone the wrong idea like with a clone wars movie yeah 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 <laughs> yeah the clone wars movie didn't win anyone's hearts that's for sure oh man uh, as much as i love the show it's my favorite show ever and and the clone wars movie is still at times very cringy to watch um there's some moments that are super well done like the battle scenes and everything 
especially before all the because of course the models and the animation the lighting their effects everything has improved since they did that movie but um the scale of which they do these shows is so cinematic right like every every episode is just so well done with the way that they do these shots and dave was talking about that he said because he originally did 2d cartoons when he came to this he said george was very adamant about doing all your camera angles and everything in a very film-like way wanted to be like cinematic very cinematic yeah yeah totally and it it pulls off so well. I mean, they do such a good job at nailing the visual look of these shows. And I'm so glad that they kept the visual style of Clone Wars. Yeah. My goodness. Was like it that. a transition for me to go from Clone Wars to Rebels and I could never get into it. Even the Legos, they just they just bother me, man. Like all the stormtroopers, <laughs> they look so weird. All the stormtroopers have these really long frowns on their face. I like I, I appreciate the fact that they were going for the Ralph McQuarrie style. Yeah. But Clone Wars just, I don't know, I, it, it's its subjective, of course, but I'm glad that it's the more preferred look, you know, because it, it is just so textures. much better. Yeah, like it's just so much more gritty There's and more textured. Detail, and for sure. There is more detail. Yeah, there's more detail in the textures on all the characters and the, the scenery and everything like that. And whereas Rebels, it felt at times that, I mean, they were going for this look again, it's intentional, but it was very clean mm-hmm. and the backgrounds for this, it looked like paintings. Yeah. Right? It's nice. I like so, it. That being said. It was cool. It was stylistic. Yeah. I just don't prefer it for a show. The one thing that did stand out to me in regards to that, because I noticed right away that like, oh, this is the Clone Wars texture. Like this is the painted yeah. look, except uh, Crosshair, his nose has like a, a certain painting texture on it and it really stands out to me. I'm like, I don't like that part. <laughs> oh, like it's like a crevice? It's like, a little... it's like lines, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you get really close to these characters, you start to notice the little details that that make it look clearly like an animation. But I think that's kind of where we're, where we're so lucky to have an animated show like this that looks so good yeah. that you can watch it and not think that it's... Like, it's not the first thing on your head that, you know, that you're thinking, oh, this is an animated show, right? Yeah, you just kind of absorb it and go, this is Star Wars. And and that's like the most important thing to me, I think, when I'm watching anything Star Wars related, because I don't want to sit in the theater watching a movie and go, this does not feel like Star Wars. Because I've had that feeling before and it doesn't feel very good. So (laughs) I'm glad to have that feeling, you know, absent when I'm watching the show. You know, I, I sit down and watch this these episodes and I'm like, yeah, this is this is like... This is what I like, you know? I hear you. Um, and the first episode of the series is called Aftermath, which I think is very appropriate con- considering yeah. how it takes place, you know? Yeah. In the beginning. And it's also the name of the the, the novels that take place right after Return of the Jedi. It is, yeah. It's, it's um, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I know you took quite a few notes on this first premiere episode and, uh, we should just run through them and, and uh, kind of talk about some of these interesting things that came up because uh, it, it was a good episode. It was. And the, I did not expect this at all. So I was very surprised. And it actually took me a second to figure it out. But the young Jedi Padawan is Kanan Jarrus. Yeah, Caleb Doom is uh, is is Kanan Jarrus. Uh, it, it's, 
it, for anyone who's seen Rebels, he actually does disclose. Well, I think I forget if it's him or somebody else, but the information presents itself that his actual name is Caleb Dune. If yeah, anyone out the there novel. has also read, uh, yeah, A New Dawn, uh, the uh, the very first canon book ever written by John Jackson Miller was uh, was also. I uh, got into the fact that I think his name was uh, in that book as well. They pointed out his name was Caleb. And uh, if you've read the Kanan Jarrus comic book series, which lasted two volumes, and I forget how many issues it was, that's actually his origin story in that comic book. And it's him talking about his past from the present, which is in Rebels. And um, if we're kicking it off with Caleb Doom. Well, I just want to talk episode. about this. Worth talking about. It's the start. It's the start of the episode. Yeah, Bad Batch, Canajeras, right? Depa Palava. There's a few things I just want to address here. <laughs> the introduction to Caleb Doom in this fashion in this show is actually not. It's it's not in line with what they've done so far in canon. I so wondered that. I wondered if I've, they would have changed it up to try to like. Yes. So I've read the comic books twice, all the way through. And they're good. I'm not like wholeheartedly attached to them or anything like that. And I do understand the fact that as creatives go, visions tend to change, right? Um, but, uh, you know, keeping in line with what's canon, what isn't, and stuff like that, this isn't the Bible. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to be shedding any tears over this, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm kind of torn because, yeah. of course, they honored they honored it. They honored the fact that Caleb Doom was with his master on a planet. Order 66 happened. She was killed. He got away. That's it. That right. was the basic story that happened in the comic. That's the same story that happened here. The details, however, are completely different. I wondered completely. if that was the case. I was curious. Down, I haven't read the comics. so Down to the color of Depa Balaba's lightsaber, which in the prequels <laughs> and every action figure ever, including the Star Wars miniatures, has always been green. Ah. And now it's blue. And I was like, dude, That's no like, what's what's with the blue lightsabers? Like, first Ahsoka and now Depa Balaba. I don't know what the thing is with Lucasfilm and blue lightsabers. But it's got to stop. Really <laughs> it's like, it's, I mean, I, I've seen enough blue lightsabers already. Give, give me something else. Like, I'm but also just keeping continuity here. What like, if, while on this planet, her lightsaber got destroyed, so she had to use some, a backup lightsaber? Maybe, but I mean, like, why though? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> now they gotta come up with some story to why it's blue. <laughs> Dude, every action figure, picture, comic book in the legends of forever. It's always been green. Depo yeah. Blob's lightsaber has always been green. It's like, it's like, it's like, I don't know. I, I like, I don't want it, I, She is a background character. So who cares? Right. It's but funny. at the no same idea. time, it's like, yeah, yeah. I've got a Star Wars miniature of her that's had a green lightsaber on my shelf. It's sitting there right now. It's not changing blue anytime soon. So I get some paint if you want. Like canon. <laughs> it's, it's green. <laughs> I'm making way too big of a deal about this. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's uh, that was that was like the first thing I think I noticed, other than the fact that I was like, oh, this is not the planet that this normally happens on, right? I thought that they we would see them and then they would leave the planet, go elsewhere, and then 
and then you know order, order 66, 66 would happen yeah right yeah i didn't realize that they changed the whole I didn't idea think of order 66 would be so soon in the series either oh yeah so, yeah. yeah it happened right away i was actually really surprised about that too because uh of course we got snippets of it in the trailer but i didn't realize that that would happen yeah yeah right i thought away, it'd be halfway right? into the season i i thought it would be episode two or three to be honest, but I didn't think it would happen like in the first five minutes. Yeah, like that crazy. was really soon. Like, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, not complaining or anything. I'm just I'm just saying I was like, that was not what I was expecting. But yeah. the fact that it takes place on a different planet, it was snowy compared to the comic book where it was not snowy. And uh, in the comic book, Kane and Jairus actually befriends two, two of these clone troopers. One of them is a commander or a captain and the other one is just another guy. Another basically looks the same and befriends these clones, which then betray him and Depa Blaba and they actually kill her and, and then they come after him kind of thing, right? So the same idea sort of happened here where he was getting along with the bad batch yeah. and then and then he had a reason to mistrust them even though only one of them was after him. So there's, yeah, again, it's a similarity, but it's... But. Yeah, and again, it's a similarity there. It's a parallel, but it's not the same. Now, yeah. they've done this on more than one occasion, and it's always involved Dave Filoni, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I love the guy, and I've got a bit of a gripe to pick with him. That's because funny. this happens a lot. So this happened with the Ahsoka story as well, the Ahsoka novel. It, it, it uh, retroactively changed the Clone Wars finale, which had flashback snippets of her duel with Maul and her getaway and uh, saving Rex and, and all that completely different in the final form that we got it in the in the finale of the series. Uh, but in that canon novel, those those segments between the chapters that re, uh, that recount her her past with Order 66 and all that and her duel with Maul. Is completely different, including the script that the lines that she actually has to say. And uh, there's even a funny one that I kind of missed when we watched the show. Like Maul says something about, oh, well, you're not you're not half a Jedi if you left the Jedi Order or something. And she says, well, you're just half a Sith, acknowledging the fact that he's only yeah. a torso and arms. Right. So I was like, <laughs> oh, this is a funny joke. I kind of wish we got that in the in the series. But oh, well. Um, and then uh, but, you know, stuff changes. Right. Yeah. And and that was a book that's a couple years old now. What can we do about it? And you know what? Cobb I, I can't blame uh, Dave for that either because he trained on, under George and George did that all yeah. the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you see that it's a different era because, of course, George had just his own movies to kind of t tweak with how he liked. Yeah. But with Dave, it's like this is a big canonicity going on. Like there's other storytellers telling stories. And now now there's some changing going on. It's like, yeah. is that even something we should be doing? Like, I don't know. Uh, the last one I want to point out is Cobb Vanth and the Mandalorian. They I love the fact that they brought in Cobb Vanth and the Mandalorian. Absolutely love it. I think that was the best acknowledgement to what happens to Boba's armor yeah, ever. Agreed. Like that it was such an under. It was such an underwhelming story, the Aftermath trilogy. It was not a very good series of yeah, books. You and I talked about how that was that was it was a side story, Cobb Vance, but it was in a the book best, that wasn't very the good. best part. Yeah, it was the best it was part. The, of it was the, the book. best part of and the it book. It was yeah. part of the actual story. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And and you read those books as well. And uh and you know, like what I, I love the character Cobb Vanth. I love what happens to the armor Cobb Vanth. And uh and you know. I love how the show acknowledged what happened to that in the canon. 
And they stuck very, very close to the story of Cobb Vanth getting the armor, but they changed some of the minor details. And I don't want to waste time on telling what those details are here and now, but but that's just the third situation where mm-hmm. Dave's been involved in a show that has now changed something in literature for the Star Wars canon. So even though there is this consistent linear story of canonicity, right? There still is this hierarchy with the films yeah. and the animated shows being more canon than the literature is. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So and I just wanted to throw that out there now that we're all, you know, I'm not surprised just because it is so hard with an evolving story to keep yep. all of that stuff in sync. Yeah, it is. It's yep, incredibly sure. difficult. And you know what? I would rather it be this way than the films and shows suffer because of some book that was written three years before. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, 100%. And um, I think that's where... I think the other part of not only the appeal of making a consistent story, but the appeal of making a story in the Star Wars universe where so much had been done already that there was hardly any room to breathe at yeah, that point. You know? that was the whole... So, uh, yeah. death of the legends content right so <laughs> yeah exactly that's that's exactly what i'm referring to so um you know i i can see this is a yes this is a fresh slate for disney and other creatives making these stories but uh and, and the only thing i want to say about this the the last thing i want to say about this about caleb doom's you know canonicity thing is uh i i am thankful that they honored the stories that they have been mm-hmm. telling in the literature, right? So even though they have been changing minor details, Dave and other creatives on the shows, uh, that they have been acknowledging that these events have taken place in certain pieces of literature and have been implementing them in a way that most people would not have read those things. And True. yet they're still acknowledging the fact that these events happened in a certain way and uh, details aside, the steps of the story are the same. So, you know, that I want to acknowledge as a thing. I'm not totally griping about this, but it was a bit of a sting, you know, to see that it's like, okay, they changed some stuff. Would you, them, you rather had a different Jedi in that scene instead of Kanan? Honestly, I wasn't too attached to the comics. And that's, I think, I don't know if I mentioned that already, but... I don't think so. I mean, yeah. like as and that's the craziest part. Is like I'm a huge I'm a huge biggie for a consistent canon story. Yeah. But if if the need to implement something for the better of the overarching story, the more important story being the one that's actually making money on Disney Plus, you know, I'm fine with it. As long as they're not like completely totally ruining rewriting you know a, a, like rewriting history kind of thing I, i'm not gonna have a problem with it it's gonna sting but it's not gonna be a problem right yeah. um besides i wasn't too attached to those comic books anyway but it's it again it's like it's a comic book i mean like it, what are you gonna do no, right? yeah. it's, it's funny it's, to hear your hear your opinion on this though because i never read the comics so yeah for me and i hadn't heard the name caleb doom in years Right. Like it doesn't come right. up very often. Like I remember it in some obscure I think it's mentioned once in Rebels. 
And yeah, it's like once or once or twice. And yeah. then yeah. it's in the in the novel that we read when it came out several years ago. So I was sitting mm. on my couch watching the premiere episode, and uh, the Jedi Master Habba Baba. <laughs> I don't know her real name, so I'm just calling that. <laughs> she <laughs> let's go with it. Yeah, Habba Baba. She says Caleb, and then in my head, I'm just like oh, Caleb Doom, and then I like paused, and I was like, wait. That's Kanan. And then I listened to the voice. And I'm like, yeah, it's, hey, that's Freddie Prince. Oh, this is Freddie Prince Jr. I'm like, oh, it is, it is Kanan. <laughs> yeah. This is really cool. Yeah. Because I was just not expecting that at all. Right. Yeah. It yeah, kind of yeah, all totally. clicked at once. And I sat there a little bit baffled, like, oh, man, I didn't know they were going to do this. Like, I was very yeah. unexpected. So, not reading I, the I comics, actually... I was actually kind of excited for it. And, and here's the thing about that appearance too, even though it diverged away from the comics, I like to get back to your question about whether or not I would have liked to have seen that, like a different Jedi in that, in that presence. No, See, if there's yeah. anything, if there's absolutely anything I would have changed about that entire sequence, it would have only been the color of Depa Balaba's lightsaber. Okay. That's it. That was the only <laughs> thing. Like, I was like, this is great. Like, I love this right now. Like, I mean, I followed the beats of the story of the comic very well, uh, you know, after he runs away, the story goes, I mean, it's not like it overwrote any of the rest of the stuff. So, I mean, the story goes that he actually kind of gets involved with some pirates or whatever and uh, kind of gets sucked into that life a little bit, a um, bit more edgy, you know. Hmm. Uh, but it, it's a matter of survival for him as a kid and doesn't know what to do with himself, right? So, uh, whether we see him again, I don't think we will. Probably but, not. Um, but if we do then we might start beginning into some territory with with whether or not they start overriding history. But um, the beats of the story were there. I was thankful for that. And I love how they pulled it off. And uh, honestly, like, I it was something I wasn't expecting. I was surprised. I enjoyed it. That's all I could ask for. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so basically, we should just get them to quickly update the lightsaber color. You know what? They probably would fix that because... They fixed Gene Guy in Mandalorian. That's true. I mean, got with the, the, okay, with the, the jeans or whatever his name there's is. an advantage to having the streaming stuff is that they can just change the scene, it. re-render the scene. Yeah, re, re, yeah, just tweak it, send it back out. Next time you watch it, it's different, right? Yeah, like you gotta you gotta uh, hashtag Star Wars or whatever and tweet that out there, get the information out. All of our <laughs> listeners, we gotta change Giant Master Hobbit above his lightsaber back to green. Yeah. Tweet it out. Baba Green. Hub- Tweet it at hashtag Hobbit Baba Green. That's right. <laughs> not not to be confused with Hobbit Baba Gum. Not the gum. <laughs> no, we want lightsaber green. Yeah, that's Jedi right. Tag us, the, tag us in the post. Tag us in the post. We got Instagram now. Tag us in the post. <laughs> um, all right. So that's that's point number one. <laughs> yeah, point number one. All right. Let's let's. What, what do you got for the next one? Uh, the next, I wanted to get in and talk about. Uh, the new female clone Omega, which I thought was very interesting. I was not, yeah, I wasn't expecting it, but I was like from the trailer, just for off her mm-hmm. accent. I'm like, my first thought was, yeah. oh, it's going to be like a, a female clone. Like yeah. they, they, they switched uh, one yeah. of her her genes, one of her chromosomes, mm-hmm. the double X or whatever. I think it's double X. Yeah, to be female. But the things that crossed my mind were like, A, why? <laughs> Other than story, because either else, yeah. the whole cast is going to be male. Right. Um, so they want a little diversity in there. 
and I couldn't figure out why this character would exist. And we got that. Mm-hmm. She's the assistant, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. She's uh, the assistant to the cloner uh, doctor person. Yeah. I remember the, the, the Camino one. Yeah. But here, here's the thing about this character, though, that because um, because you're questioning why she exists. And I was kind of wondering that myself. I was trying to rack my brain as to why she does exist. Right. Tennessee. And there was a few. What was that? Sorry? Uh, the cloner. Tennessee. Tennessee. Right. Uh, so uh, there's a few theories that I came up with here for this one. A. They want to continue cloning, but the the genome of, of Fed is actually degrading at this point. It's not lasting as long. So my theory was they would let her grow up and have her mate with a clone to create a new breed of clone uh, and then clone what? that clone. What? Yeah. What? That was my theory. That's a that terrible theory. theory because <laughs> that, is, that is inbreeding. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, that is actually a good point. That's like have, having a son and daughter, and then having them like you get your kids to to mate. That's like the same thing. Adam and Eve, man, it happens somehow. <laughs> well, that's why the once of us upon a time degraded since then. Once upon a time. Well, I, I mean, they're cloners. I wasn't. I wasn't talking like physically there doing it, but I'm more just taking the. I you feel know, like the you're still going to have genetic problems. That's why <laughs> I feel like animals have so many health defects because of all the inbreeding and all right, the my, same my, my, point, my, my point being, <laughs> my point being, my theory is they wanted to keep a lot of the genetic structure there of Django, yeah. but, but, but strengthen it somehow by altering how they're producing these clones. And that might mean, you know bringing in another party and and even if it's not another clone if it's somebody else that's the same reason why couldn't they just use the same dna from another clone like what would be the point of it being i don't know i don't know maybe the first one they want it to be born naturally as a as a way of strengthening the the body or something or the the dna i was also wondering Um, if she's got double speed aging or if she ages naturally yeah, yeah, I wonder that too. I, I, I honestly, I it might be a thing where, as depending on how many seasons we get, because I have no idea if we're getting more than one, um, it might be the kind of thing where we do see growth in her over the seasons, right? Yeah, uh, kind of like how Ezra's hair changed as uh, yeah. the seasons went over. Seasons, yeah, and Ahsoka, you mm. could see she had the biggest change. Four, yeah, she had four different iterations of her model implemented through the show. So there is a, and then not not to, not even to mention the rebels one that came after, of course. But uh, there there is a uh, possibility there that we could see her grow physically and 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 but even faster than the normal mm-hmm. person, of course, right? Um, Boba is a character that doesn't have the speed yeah. growth to him, right? So Correct. he didn't really change, other than the fact that his haircut went to shaved head as opposed to longer hair. Uh, there was like. Very little change in his model. I think they they gave him a, a height boost, but that was it, right? Like, yeah. You know, three years. You know, people can grow in three years. Uh, but yeah, it, it's yeah, Omega is an interesting character, and that was just one theory. It's a crappy theory, but it's just <laughs> something that popped into my head. I'm not saying it's true. It's just it's just something I was like, do maybe I, I don't know. Um, there's another theory that I have, and this is kind of in line with um, a lot of what's going on with uh in line with people talking about the palpatine connection to this to this ordeal um 
the fact that Palpatine went through this elaborate, elaborate scheme to get Ray, right? Yeah. Had a clone of himself, didn't go so well, basically is a, 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 a squib of the yeah, force, right? Force Can't sensitive. use the force. And he looks, doesn't even look like Palpatine. So he just lets him off into the wild. Is that really a clone? He's like, all right, go, go, go have a good, oh yeah, he's a clone. And he's like, go, go have a good life. And uh, then he naturally finds someone to mate with, naturally finds someone to mate with. They have a daughter. That's his whole evil plan is that he goes out and has a kid himself, which will then become the heir of the empire kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That's that's his master scheme. This is why I don't like that movie at all, because it's a terrible master scheme. There's no (laughs) way that that this foresight happened at the same time of the foresight with Luke Skywalker and the whole thing that happened there, right? Like, there's only so many foresight that someone I can believe that somebody has, right? I mean, like, how do you foresee something to then foresee the other the other foreseeable options and then foresee the one that's actually going to happen? So then you go through with your plan, but then it turns out not to be true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this entire that thing. Yeah, the twist at the end. It's like, oh, I didn't think that Ray wouldn't actually join forces with me and let let her kill me. There's you a know? lot of like, weird stuff. You could also argue in the Rise of Skywalker, it didn't. I feel like his original plan was for Ray to strike him down, and then he was going to possess her. But Something then like he fa- he yeah. found out he could suck out their energy and rebuild himself. Like he looked. Oh yeah, the dyad. Surprised yeah. when he did. Right. That. Like he wasn't he did, expecting yeah. it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about know. force foreseeing all night, of course. But I mean, my team. point, my point being, this theory of like having Omega as a part of Palpatine's plan to eventually have this heir to the force. Maybe Omega is the girl of that maybe that's Ray's mother or something like if that theory is true that's crazy and I have a really hard she time believing be able it. to have double speed aging that's for sure right yeah because her mom is like 30 by the time we see her in those flashbacks and there's a 30 year gap between episodes six and seven which means right. that she's unborn not to mention the fact that if she does have this, is, this has become such a fan. This fan is a twenty-five story where oh, Ray yeah. becomes a half Django clone, half Palpatine. <laughs> okay, in short, in short, Ray's mother should be fifty-five by the time that we see her in those flashbacks, but she's clearly not. She's actually a you know fairly young-looking person. Uh, relatively so, and and you know I don't know the age of the actress who who played her. Uh, let's let's just look it up really quickly so you can get an actual number here. Jodie Comer uh, was the <clears throat> was the actress who who played Ray's mother in the films, and she's currently twenty eight years old. And oh wow, uh, so young! Clearly, clearly looks it. I mean, like you know, Google search picture of her, and uh, yeah, twenty eight <laughs> years old. So. <laughs> So I mean, you know, I highly doubt that that, that she was that she's Omega. Like I highly yeah, I doubt, doubt it. it. I mean, they're both blonde. We don't hear if she has a, a New Zealand accent or not. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And I think Jodie Comer is actually, uh, I think she's British, but um, would make sense with yeah. Ray. Yeah, mm. she's an English actress. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I no, I don't think she's Ray's mother. My only thoughts would be. That Tanya Sue 
would want maybe uh, a clone with more uh, caring tendencies. And mm. based on the male Django, which is more of a warrior, he's, Django's a warrior, maybe she, this was a quick way to get an assistant that would be more fitting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if she just got a Django clone, I'm not sure how well that would go. <laughs> right. I it, here's the other thing is like there is a bit of a um, bit of a reference to her being intentionally a mutated clone. Yeah. Uh, when the Kaminoan says that they have five, is it five mutated yeah. clones yeah, or something five. like that? Yeah. Yeah. And Echo was there. Yeah. And this is talking think. Tarkin. Yeah, Tarkin misinterpreted Echo as a mutated clone, whereas he's actually just a a a, uh, uh, a, 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 a techno union experiment yeah. clone, right? He's a normal clone though by by birth, right? And, and he's a reg, yeah. <clears throat> and and he was she was actually referring to Omega, who's standing right there, and he's not even looking twice at her because she's just this this kid, kid right? Yeah. Um, but I I think it's important to remember that she is intentionally like this and she's so far displayed very quick abilities to learn stuff really quickly you know uh beyond the level of what a normal clone i think because they've been putting real big emphasis on the fact that she just picks up a blaster and knows how to fire it uh she just you know she in i mean referencing the latest episodes that have happened she's she's done a few things now that's like okay you clearly know what you're doing but you've just never done it before and um I think there's something special there. Maybe so, her, maybe her um, ex- experiment, whatever her, yeah, her ability, yeah, is to just learn stuff really quickly. So she has a really natural, uncanny ability yeah. to just be really good at stuff really quickly. Yeah, you got yeah, people like that, like that, like who are really good at a particular sport, or yeah, even like video games. Yeah, just a, just. A, drawing whatever naturally artistic just yeah. give a natural gift picks up yeah that. totally yeah i think um yeah it's definitely a possibility for sure that that could be it um other than that i think you know it might just be it's like oh they wanted to make a female clone for some reason and they succeeded yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like it could be that See too, if they right? could do it i don't know it could yeah, be some experiment I mean, She's got the same New Zealander accent as um, all the other clones do. Why is she blonde so, though? Uh, I don't know. I th- honestly, like, if you ask me, it might be she might be dying her hair. And, you think an uh, eight-year-old dyes her hair? I, th- I think it's possible. <laughs> I mean, like, we've seen other clones Boba's age when he was a kid who had different colored hair, and I think they do that intentionally because because they want, want to, to be different. different yeah but she yeah not that different. she yeah not that she are, yeah exactly not that she doesn't look different but i think at some point it might not be out of the question that she she eventually loses the blonde hair and gets brown hair um mm-hmm. but again i'm not too sure this is all just speculation yeah i have to wait <clears throat> wait and see what happens i'm curious yeah it's a it's an interesting story point and even though right now it just seems like a like a neat little twist that is going to not going to go anywhere. That's not what Dave does. There's always a reason. Right. So I'm yeah. curious to see yeah. what his his story arc is going to be. Yeah, I'd like to know what angle he's going for with her because yeah. she's definitely going to be a key character. And and I think 
in every Star Wars show so far, there has been a show that younger audiences can connect to. There's yeah. been a character like that. Yeah. She's the Ahsoka, Rebels, right? was, she's the Ahsoka. Yeah, she's the Ahsoka or the or the Ezra of of the Bad Batch, right? Because if you're doing a show based on a group of military guys who who it's a cool story, but that's not going to connect the best to the younger audiences, right? So there is just naturally going to be that that character in every every animated show that they do. Yep. Um, quite frankly, I'm surprised that Kaz wasn't a younger contendant. Um, that's the right word. To I guess because it was a car- traditional cartoon, so they yeah. had childish tendencies. He was pretty childish at times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a cartoon. Uh, slaps. Well, we also had uh, was it Nico? Nico I like was Nico. The, yeah, Nico. yeah. He was really, uh, really young. He's just young really hearted, naive. I, I liked him. He was funny. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that was a very lighthearted show. Yeah. So something that I found was really interesting was that they can adjust the intensity of the brain chips to control yeah. the clones. I thought that was interesting too. I mean, that we've had some some episodes in the Clone Wars which really delved into this uh, this brain chip functionality and kind of brushed up on that through Rebels and and such. But this is this is kind of the yeah, definitely more details uh, have been revealed through through the course of this show so yeah. far. And they did show that vision. this was the first time they had tried this, and it was a yeah. success uh, using yep. it on on Crosshair. It seems that yeah. all the other clones or the other uh, Bad Batch clones, the brain chip through their mutations didn't was work. no longer effective. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, it, it just was, didn't work yeah, for them. It was, it was the, muta- the chip itself was mutated. It's interesting that Crosshair was the one that it still, it's still yeah. worked on because out of all of them, I think I think uh, Hunter is probably the one that most closely resembles a normal clone. Physically, you know, facially and everything. Yeah, in a physical way, for sure. Yeah. Um, but if you go based on ability, I could see why they would pick him. Because his ability is he's a better sharpshooter. Where the other yeah. guys, it was more of a heavy personality change, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was and, always a quiet guy. And, and, his, crosshair. and his change... In his personality was to be a very by the books person anyway. Right. Whereas right. everyone else yep. was a little more unpredictable. So yeah, yeah, it was totally. closer in line to the chip in the first place. And and from what we learned about his and seeing him, he was always kind of the the dodgy one. I'm using finger quotes. The dodgy mm-hmm. one. Where yeah, was, the edgy. Yeah. Edgy one, yeah. So it made sense for him to be the one that would A turn on them. And be yeah. fit in with the empire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he does. He does. And and I'm actually very. Uh, th- it's funny because like I, I never once caught. I don't think many people actually even caught the fact that that he was the one that would betray them right away. Though I saw things about um, when he walks out with his new armor, for example. Yeah. Um, I saw people online speculating like, "Oh, is this Commander Cody?" And, you know, oh, stuff like that, Maybe yeah. making comments about all these characters that we do know, none, none of which have to do with the Bad Batch. And, uh, and you know, it's like, oh, man, I don't see how I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, it, really aside, from the, aside from the paint job, the visor and everything's the same. Yeah. And, yeah. and it had the sniper on the back. And I was like, huh, like, 
yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, you don't pick on pick up on stuff until it's like really obvious. Right. The only reason yeah. I knew is because we had discussed this. There was a leak from like Lego and Hasbro, but yeah, yeah, so I was expecting yeah. that, and it became really apparent within the first five minutes of the episode. As soon as I like, yeah. dealing with Kanan and Crosshair was trying to shoot him out of the tree, even though Hunter was saying like, "No, we need to figure out what's happening." Yeah, it's true. And he kept yeah. saying, "Good soldiers follow orders," which is a pretty good giveaway. <laughs> it is. It is a very good giveaway. It's it's something that has repeated itself in a few of the clones when we saw in the finale of yeah. Order 66, right? That's the chip kicking um, in, right? So Yeah, yeah, the chip kicking in for sure. <clears throat> um I'm I I've so far, I mean, uh, do you have any notes left on this on this particular episode? Uh yeah, I've got like six maybe eight more oh okay all right yeah let's let's roll on to the next one <laughs> okay i'm gonna skip ahead to one because i think it's, it fits this section better um something i thought was actually super interesting was being on camino during the emperor's speech oh yeah i thought that was super cool and now they pointed out how like all the troopers are like obviously you see the conditioning or whatever now because they're all right. just like cheering that they're all going to live in like this dictatorship under Palpatine. Yeah. 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 Totally. It was um, crazy. It was really cool to see that. I, I, I liked that a lot for sure. And then that bad batch just sticks out like a sore thumb amongst all the, all the regs, but yeah, they're like um, looking around like, this is really weird. Yeah. Everyone else is yeah. cheering. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That was, that was awesome. I, I, I think honestly, like w- when it comes down to moments like that, it's like, yeah, I can see the, the political parallels, of course, that George was going for in episode three with, you know, uh, Hitler comparing, yeah, Hitler and, and the Nazis. And, and it's like, you know, at first people didn't think he would ever get the way it became and yeah. yet it did. And, yeah. and, and Padme's comment to like, so this is how Liberty dies. And it's funny because applause. if you actually look at history, the way Palpatine got in is exactly what Hitler did as well. He created yeah. his own problem to bring a solution that would give him power. That's what he did. And it's exactly what Palpatine did. He created a war yeah. that would then, by ending the war give him supreme power yeah and he pushed for that too he he you know he he, he pushed the senate to give him emergency powers yeah. which which that's a, uh that's also jar jar yeah. helped him and helped yeah him which is literally that, you know? what hitler did right so yeah <laughs> just yeah. you inch by inch take more power until you have it all totally it's very power interesting. Hungry. But being on Camino, though, I, I wasn't expecting that. And it was pretty cool. And it really showed kind of the dark undertones. Yeah. And I don't. I think they used the original audio from the movie. I don't think that was re-recorded. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That was that was, uh, that was Ian McDermott right there. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. I really liked that a lot. And mm. to go with this, as well as just before, when we were with Kanan and stuff... I was amazed and kind of surprised at just how quickly the clones went from being good guys and feeling like they're good guys to being the villains. Right. It was a very natural transition and it actually kind of spooked me a bit. (laughs) It's like, oh, now these guys are trying to kill all the heroes, right? You don't get that from the movies. 
No, you don't. It's because there, 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 there are no, uh, yeah. there's no character that clones the movies, right? Really, like no. it's, it's very few, very little background appearances and script from Cody and, you know, little lines that get thrown out by clones running along the sides. But you never focus in on the story of the clones. And that's something that the Clone Wars succeeded in a lot is actually telling their story of the war. Right. And getting to know a lot of these clones, too, like uh, a notable one that sticks out for me is is Clone Trooper Jesse, which was in the end, uh, you know, he's like a brother to Rex and the 501st and everything. And in the end, uh, Rex has to come face to face at gunpoint with him because, because of this thing. Right. And, and you have so much more attachment to those characters because you spend episodes with them on these planets and, uh, you get to know a little bit about them and you get to see them in action with them as a main character before all this stuff happens. And now this stuff happens and now we actually feel uh, sympathy for these helpless people that can't mm-hmm. control what they're thinking or doing anymore. It's true. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's like, it's it's really, really cool. Like, I mean, to get that from an animated show, you know? No, like, it's uh, true. And like, yeah. it's funny because I, I, like, I, I watched the, the newest season of Clone Wars and saw Ahsoka go through that, but, and with Rex, but for some reason, it wasn't until I watched this show where it it really they felt like villains to me, and not just like people who were brainwashed. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the transition period where the clones are now the antagonists of the story, and 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 are very soon what will be stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they started to feel more like stormtroopers here, especially when yeah. Uh, Clone Force 99 or Bad Batch was in the prison to me, like right in that area. Yeah. And then when they had to escape and like shoot all of their own guys and yeah. especially like the following episode, the one after this, uh, by episode two, they felt to me like stormtroopers and not like clones. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, talking about episode two, it's like that we see the occupancy of the Empire now on yeah. a planet and and uh, they are occupying it as the empire would you know and uh, doing checkpoints and uh code uh, uh code chain what's it called uh yeah i think yeah I, right it's like code yeah chain. is a code chain yeah just their yeah just basically just an identity check but you know the the idea there is is like like man that's that's very imperial you know yeah, and they all imperial. feel so cold and and, and what's interesting what's even, man, we can get into the next episode i don't want to get into yeah there's a lot yeah, of cool yeah, stuff sure. there's a lot of cool there stuff is yeah episode. very cool stuff with this like, transition yeah. specific nitty-gritty stuff that happens there was very interesting yep uh one thing that i also wasn't expecting there's a lot of like surprise cameos in this opening episode because uh, after we we saw tarkin who was also a cameo. I'm skipping mm-hmm. over the training part because I thought it was pretty uh, standard. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. When they're given their mission to go and follow orders, prove their loyalty to the Empire, we run into Saw Gerrera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I was not expecting yeah. that either. I, I wasn't expecting that either, honestly. And and to even get into the whole Saw Gerrera imp- Empire versus thing early early on in this series i was like man like this is really really jumping into it because saw guerrera was i mean he originates out of the clone wars but then of course he all of a sudden popped up in rogue one and everyone was like who is this guy yeah but then then they 
established uh, him more in Rebels because that show was an ongoing show at the time and uh, sort of set his character transition from this young guy mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars to this, you know, terribly ruined old man. And and there was a bit of a transition episode there. Where we see him a little bit younger. But I mean, this is kind of like an even better transition because now we really get to see his true hate for the Empire, you know? Like, yeah, right at the beginning. Yeah, where just right it, at the start. It's interesting what he says, though, because he talks about – because he's actually right, which is the craziest part. But he yeah. talks about how this this is the moment where, like, as the Republic is turning into the Empire, that's the people in power, like, consolidating power. And now is the only chance to stop them or basically yeah. all is yeah. lost. Yeah, and, totally. And he points out to Clone Force 99, like, can you not see what's happening? Like, you're being manipulated by people who are just after power. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the Clone Force 99, they, like, they got some sense in them, right? And so they, like, they they uh, they were able to walk away from that situation, which kind of impacts the story a bit. But, uh, but yeah, I, I love what he says there. And it's such a, it's kind of the early origins of, like, how he goes about dealing with the empire because as the empire escalates in power, we see Saul Guerrero's methods to try and take down the empire escalate as well, which is why during the point of rogue one, they've kind of cut ties with him, the rebellion, because yeah. he's just he becomes an extremist. total extremist. Yeah. yeah. He's not, he's like, if, even if people die in the process of trying to take them down, I don't care. I'm going to do it. Right. And that's kind of his mentality it's, at it's that point. It's funny that you like, you point that out because when you watch rogue one, you just get, Oh, he's a crazy extremist. And it's true. Yeah. But now that we've kind of, we've seen bits and pieces with time jumps of his story, you can really see how he gets there. Yeah, and he even had an appearance in Jedi Fallen Order in uh, the video game. Yeah, it's worth acknowledging that too. He he had, uh, and that's that's uh, five years after Episode Three. Okay. So uh, another flash of his character, yep. kind of halfway in there. And we'll do a what happened episode on Saw Gerrera eventually in the in the future. Uh, might be actually worth doing that uh you know within the next yeah, couple especially weeks especially he comes back again in this series yeah yeah so for everyone listening you can stay tuned for that but um yeah very relevant character and such a good good line that he's got for for the clones in that moment yeah yeah for sure it's to me it's it's funny how he's the one that actually sees what's happening yeah he's the only one with a clear head for now <laughs> yeah true <laughs> till he, he goes insane with it but, he go- yeah Bogolet! <laughs> all right what do you got next uh this was a minor one but we, the same droid who helped remove the the brain chip mm. we see him in this this episode and he's working yeah with Mega. the one who was working on uh on on fives right yeah who, who fives uh convinced to take the chip that the droid thought was non-existent out of his mm. head yeah yeah, that's right. I forget his number now. His call number, but it's, yeah. is it the? Do you know if it's the same exact droid or if it's the same so. just type of droid? Based on personality, I think it's the same one because it's the exact same personality. Okay, all right. I don't know if, if that is true. That the name. What's do you did you write down the name at all? No. Okay. All right. We'll take it with we'll take it with a uh, with the idea in mind that yeah, it could have been I'm the same. Pretty guy. sure it is um, though, and I don't. The problem is. I thought they were going to do something with that, 
because it's with Omega. And they yeah. kind of talk about the conditioning stuff. Uh, but by the end of the episode, Clone Force 99 and Omega left Kamino. And I thought, yeah. you know what? It still might be part of the story because... They might go back there, yeah, right? Because they still want to get Crosshair. Yeah, or the droid somehow gets connected with Crosshair and they get chatting, whatever, and they talk about the brain chip. And then the droid has done it before and removes the chip from Crosshair and that's how he becomes yeah. unconditioned to follow the Right, Emperor. yeah. I yeah, that's a possibility yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think that's a pretty plausible story. I'm putting my, my chips on that one right now. Yeah, because Omega, I guess she would know this droid you know, fairly well as well, being one of the research assistants and stuff, the ones that work in the medical bay. Um, and uh, if they ever go back to Camino, that's the only contact that they have on the inside of T- Topoca City that they can trust is that droid, right? Um, in a way. Because um, there's nobody else there that's going to help them willingly. No, no, for sure. So. Well, you say that, but uh, Tana Sue, she helped them escape. She, yeah, she actually. Which I was not expecting at all. I was not, yeah, I was not expecting that too. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it all comes down to because during the Clone Wars, they were perceived as the, uh, as almost like villains because they were kind of in the plot with yeah. Palpatine, right? Yeah, but they, they got thrown. Yeah, they were in on it, but they got thrown a curveball when when Tarkin comes around that says we're looking at stopping the production of clones and moving to a volunteer based system, which is, you know, spoiler for anyone who's seen Star Wars from 1977. And that's exactly what happens. But it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they get there. And I think the Kaminoans have have been thrown this uh, this giant curveball and be like, our entire existence of career is like at stake here with this. This is like our only source of income. Uh, I don't see any other clones running around that 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 city. So uh, <laughs> I think the Republic was their only customer. Um, That's true. They talk about it a little bit, I think, in the movie. And it's previous to their deal with the Republic. I think they only really did small groups of clones and it were stuff for helping of reproduction because they can no longer reproduce, including their own race. Yeah, right. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 They, they can, they're no longer like fertile. So they have to clone themselves. Yeah. I got the name wrong. I wrote it down as Tanasu, but it's Nalasu. No, yeah. Nalasu. Nalasu. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> you can go back. <laughs> All right, what do you and do? It was search and replace. Ah, uh, whatever. All good. <laughs> what, 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 what do you, uh, what do you got for your next one? Uh, I found it surprising that it was Tarkin specifically that was sent to Camino to actually look after the transition of the clones. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. I, it must be big business for for them for Palpatine to send him, or yeah, I guess he trusts him enough to deal with it. I right? didn't think Tarkin was even that high up in the military yet. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't actually know because the last time we saw him, he was uh, either a captain or I don't even. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I can't remember him being promoted on screen yeah unless unless i'm blanking on that but it's been a long time since i read the tarkin novel as well but i know well that takes place like after that's like oh it's actually it's got actually actually it has to be actually that actually um it's really close to the timeline actually of bad batch it's still after episode three but it's um uh i believe it was like 
around the same time that that Jedi Fallen Order takes place. I think it's like four or five years after. Because I know um, he's sent to look after the Death Star. And five years. Destruction. Yeah. So Tarkin. Yeah. So the book Tarkin takes place five standard years after the Clone Wars end. So we're getting to that story for sure by by with Bad Batch leading into that. But it's interesting that this book takes place during the same year as uh, Jedi Fallen Order does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 uh, I'll I'll have to look into that book again because I totally forget if he's what kind of position that he's in. I think it's he's a general, General Wilhoff Tarkin. So he must be a general already. If not, it in might be one step episode, down from a general. In this specific episode, he's referred to as Admiral Tarkin. Interesting. Is Admiral above general? No, it's below. Okay. All right. So they kept the consistency there. That's good. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I don't want to go into another spiel about that. Green lightsabers. So. Yeah. 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 But yeah, very cool that he showed up. I mean, maybe it's just we wanted a familiar character. In it there could and- be that. Just you always run the, the issue of the galaxy feeling smaller. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll branch out eventually. I know that there's a lot of chat around this new character that they're introducing in the first couple episodes he's just a hologram and then he's now in the third episode now uh he's actually showing up in person but it's a new uh a new commander something mm-hmm. um anyway he's a guy who will be working very closely with will with will of tarkin uh, uh in regards to the military project and right. um and the tra- transition think, to the new recruit. as they transition to the yeah. to the the volunteers i, I guess we wonder, should call them. i really hope they keep the the legends story where uh the, a few years into the empire the kaminoans they decide to create a new batch of clones to fight against the empire yeah because you can kind of already see it they're going to get screwed over right that would be interesting, actually. And then be the really Empire is forced to come in with the remainder of the clones from the old war and fight against the new clones. So you get a clone-on-clone civil war. The clone-clone wars. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the real clone wars. Them cloners made another clone army. <laughs> Fighting against those other clones. <laughs> So many, what I, so many clones. That's an episode, by the way, that's an episode of Doctor Who where there's a war on this planet where they're taking so many casualties that both sides start to just uh, clone their own army and it just becomes an endless war where it just goes for years and years and years of the same 10 people cloning themselves indefinitely at war. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's an interesting story idea though. Yeah. I wonder though, there's a lot of potential here because this of course is an era that has very, uh, very not fleshed out with the new canon. It's, it's still, it's the rise of the empire. Early, early years. Yeah. Yeah. The, the early years for sure. Um, uh, and if I look up the new star Wars timeline here, I don't know if you want to also, give it a give it a look but there's a picture a pictograph of this new timeline that they released with the high republic and on this timeline they've actually got the names for all the different eras now and there's actually six different eras that take place in this giant saga that they have going oh, on you now. showed me this the, yeah. yes the first of which is the high republic era the second one is the fall of the jedi which is the prequels and the clone wars 
And immediately after Revenge of the Sith, a new era called Reign of the Empire is now a thing and incorporates Solo, The Bad Batch, Jedi Fallen Order, all the books that take place in there. After the Empire's Um, really consolidated power. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Well, immediately after and the entire lead up to Star Wars Rebels, which there's another era there that takes place called Age of Rebellion and then the New Republic and then Rise of the First Order. But this Reign of the Empire kind of segment that we got now that in Legends, it used the entire prequels and the lead up until episode four used to be condensed under one banner called the I think it was called the Rise of the Empire or something like that, or the Rise of the Sith. I remember Sith. Rise of the Empire, um, yeah. Yeah, so so now it's actually shorter. Now it's only after Episode 3 up to uh, Star Wars Rebels, which is four years before Episode 4. So okay. there's like this 15-year gap, which we only have, as far as media goes, we only have Jedi Fallen Order, Bad Batch, and Jedi Fallen uh Wait, what else would I say? Uh, the sorry, Solo, Solo, a Star yep. Wars story, um, are in that in that era, right? Not even Rogue One is in there because uh, that's that's closer to Episode Four. So, yeah, there's not a lot in this thing. There's there's a bunch of comic books. There's a there's a bunch of novels. Similar to Mandalorian situation too. There's not a lot going on in After Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the New Republic era. There's nothing. It's like there's the aftermath books, some yeah, comics. There's like a thousand year gap between Kotor and. Uh, Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the 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 new the new uh, the new Republic era that they're building out now, it literally just has the Mandalorian. But it's cool to see that they're fleshing out these area these eras that didn't exist before this new timeline that they've put in with the High Republic, and now they're focusing in on these three different sections that have like nothing in them. Mm-hmm. So High Republic is being built from the ground up with literature. Uh, the rise of the empire is being uh, fleshed out with now the bad batch and uh, the new republic era is as as i mean there's countless shows coming out for that i mean that's mandalorian ranges of the new republic ahsoka like you know all those shows are all the voids that era. yeah if they go too yeah. fast they're gonna run out of material and have to come come up with something all new they're, they're gonna have to make new eras that's like right the, the okay. low republic <laughs> 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 that's terrible the joke. new new republic uh, the the yeah or the new old republic that's because right. the old old republic was not canon i, I don't know <laughs> start getting the weird spots where we have to deal with using vong yeah. and we got i think we're, scra- we're we'll be scraping the bottom of the barrel when we've reached post episode nine i think that'll be the the we've run out of ideas kind of segment i think we're gonna get there sooner than you think probably like three years i don't know I don't know, man. Like, I, like honestly, like I think I'm, it'll be at least five years before they go back to any of that sequel stuff. I, I think, I think they're just a little afraid about it. Maybe at least the Disney account. I mean, I mean, they've done a full one eighty. We got a sequel to the Clone Wars. We're doing pre prequel stuff. That's now. true. Like, this is a new time. I hope that the next era we get into is is Kotor, like proper the older public, older public. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I mean, as soon as the High Republic's fleshed out, I think Old Republic is more of a possibility. Yeah. The, uh, the thing is, I think they like hopping back and forth on the timeline, like post yeah. original trilogy, pre original trilogy. So after right. they get this High Republic stuff done, they're probably going to go to a, a post trilogy thing. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, it's possible. I, I mean, that's that's kind of the whole thing with the New Republic era. They got 30 years between episode six and seven. They got enough time to, to do name. stuff. It's weird, yeah. though, because they're kind of doing that now, too. So that's what confuses me because they're doing both at once. And like us and our yeah. fans can follow that, I'm sure. But there's immediate people like coworkers we've talked to. Like you, you mentioned to me that a, co- a coworker of ours was uh, he saw Baby Yoda and thought it was a prequel to The Phantom Menace. <laughs> well, that, well, that was a friend of ours. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like there's there's some what you may call just casual viewers. Yeah, of the, of, yeah it's very easy to confuse stuff like that. Right. I mean, it was, a, it was a friend of ours who doesn't even listen to the podcast. But, um, you know, he was he was all excited about The Mandalorian because like, yeah, I, I don't need to watch all the films anyway, because because he hadn't seen all of them. And I was like, "Why well, are you going to watch all the movies? He's like, no, I don't need to. It's it, doesn't this happen before everything anyway? I'm like, no. <laughs> dude, like, dude, it happens after. Right? Like after and before these other ones. And, you know, you may want to read this thing if you want to enjoy that part. And, you know, I was like getting all nerd on it. Yeah, pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I guess very, it's a, it's a, it's a conjoint. It's like a, it's a web of story, right? And uh, I mean, that's kind of what makes Star Wars so interesting and endless to talk about at times. But it's also very confusing for some of the more casual audiences. Yeah. So... No, I don't know where we were going with that, but I no, mean, yeah, it is. Getting at was they've been sticking to specific eras, making yeah. stuff, and now they're going to be releasing two eras at the same time. Not oh, just three, if you count the High Republic. The, I was. What's the other one? <laughs> the, New Republic. What's the third? Post Return of the. What's the third? Reign one? of the Empire, Rise of the Empire, whatever. With Bad Batch. So oh right, because Bad Batch is building up the three. Two. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is what I mean. Like, people are gonna get really confused. That's a lot. Oh yeah. Of jumping oh, yeah. around. It is a lot of jumping around. I, I don't deny that because yeah. it's an animated show. I'm not as worried about people getting confused by it. But right. putting out stuff in the New Republic and the High Republic because there's they're gonna, yeah. gonna be a Disney I Plus think, series at the same time. That's gonna see, confuse people. This is why I think I'm I'm, I'm convinced. I believe this 100. percent I think we're going to get more live action stuff after all this other stuff has kind of taken place because the last Disney Plus series that is supposed to come out uh, chron- like timeline wise down the, you know, like 2023 20, or four, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is going to be the Acolyte. And the Acolyte is that's High Republic. The, yeah. is High Republic era content. That's like the very end of the High Republic content. So I think what we're doing right now or what they're doing right now is in making all these live action shows based in one era, they're making animated show based in another era, and then they're making literature based in another era. And then that way we don't have these overlapping, yeah, of the same level of audience because you're going to have different audiences for each of these things. There's going to be multiple at still, even with High Republic coming out later, though with Acolyte, there's still going to be two live action eras because they're going to be dealing with post Return of the Jedi as well as there's going to be the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which is... Yeah, then they're going to start to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Which, the see, that's another thing. The Kenobi series will be Rise of the Empire. Yeah. So that'll follow Bad Batch because it takes place before Star Wars Rebels. So that'll be... That's another... That's, you know, I think that might happen when... And Andor, actually. Andor is another one. Um, so I think those two shows based in the Rise of the Empire era 
will happen when Bad Batch either ends or continues to go on. But again, it comes down to those two eras being produced at the same time. And and you're right. I think we're going to have this confusing overlap where one of these shows will come out in this New Republic era. And then we're going to get this Rise of the Empire era show coming out. Casual audiences might, might not know that one of them goes before the other and before the in between these films and yeah. whatever else. Uh, so yeah, we will definitely run into that. And you know, if anyone Star Wars fans listening out there, um, you know, I feel like everyone's got their circle where they kind of shepherd everyone as the Star Wars guy, right? Like, I don't know, maybe that's just, I think that's just maybe my thinking, but, but, but I feel like that's just the way it works. If, if anyone's a Star Wars fan in their circle of friends, you just, you just, you know, you're one of the Star Wars people and people just kind of like, go to you for the Star Wars stuff, right? And you know, this is something else that I hadn't really considered till right now. It depends yeah. on how they release it because yeah, yeah, totally. in my head, because there's so many, I assumed they'd be dropping multiple series at once, kind of like the the DC TV series, right? Well, there's a, yeah. You can get like Arrow and Flash and Batwoman and whatever kind of all coming out at the same time. And there's overlap. Yeah. Yeah, there's overlap, yeah. And that's kind of what I had in my head. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they also did all of Mandalorian Season 3. And then they did all of Andor. And then they did all of Kenobi. And that will be less confusing, for sure. Because it's all in that one era, like per pocket. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, yeah, and so we might be jumping back and forth between eras a little bit. But I, the way that they've constructed doing these Disney Plus shows so far with Marvel has been very well done in the sense that they all happen there's a gap they happen there's a gap the next one happens right it'll be a couple weeks until we get loki winter soldier falcon happened you know ended a couple weeks ago and it was like even longer before that where wandavision had premiered and ended as well so they've been doing these very strategically to the point where at every single friday there will be at least one episode of a Marvel or Lucas project of some kind. That makes sense. Just so there's always something rolling out. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think there'll ever be any overlap where we'll be watching two Star Wars things new on the same day. I highly doubt it. I think we'll probably be fine then. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to point out that this is the first time we got to see Echo in his new armor. Yeah, it is actually. I thought it was um, super cool. I really like his helmet design a lot. I love it. I love it. It, it incorporates his uh, his brain yeah. computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was super cool. So it, yeah, it, like, awesome. it actually like folds around it, and then he takes it off, and there's like a there's like a gap in the helmet. And yeah, I'm a big fan of the slit visor. So yeah, I thought too. that looked super cool. I thought he had a great design. I was really happy with it. That being said, it's really techy. Yeah, I thought he would have like different arm attachments. But instead, it just always looks like he's got like a screwdriver. It's attached. always the screwdriver wrench. Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly like I'm looking forward to when he gets uh, like a this is just my speculation. I don't know if he actually happens or not, but um, I'm looking forward to I was thinking more of like a like a treasure planet sort of mechanical arm. Where, yeah, yeah, you just like get the, the Swiss. Functions. Yeah, like the Swiss army knife guy. Like he's got everything in there. <laughs> That's what I was expecting like, too. Yeah, he's got like a whole astromech droid packed in the one forearm and, you know, boom, out comes 
comes the blaster. Boom, out comes the, the hand. Yeah. Boom, out comes the flamethrower. Just like switches like that. around. That's what it should be. He should be a, yeah. Yeah, the Swiss Army knife guy. Right down to the spatula. It's, I mean, yeah, I want to see him cooking pancakes in the morning. It's funny because they're almost <laughs> using him. That's funny. They're almost using him as their astromech. Yeah, they are. Yeah, he, and so he, far he plugs into the computers and you know cracks stuff for them. Right, but at the same time, he's not tech. Well, he is. He's half machine now, which is something. But no, he's not like out. the the character. The character. Oh no, tech. he's not the hacker. Yeah, because like, we we've got he's a, two people who are yeah. techie, right? One of them's just insanely smart, and the other one's just got a computer for a brain. What's the difference? I mean, it's like true. You know, they're really similar, which makes yeah. it a little bit clunky as far as them all being unique. Yeah, which is it would make more sense if he was a Swiss Army guy. Well, as far as a character that we've seen quite a few times before now, Echo, spent a lot of time with him in the Clone Wars. We actually have, he's been the, the, at the very, he's been standing at the back behind all these new characters, which I'm not overly yeah. surprised about. I mean, obviously we yeah. do have to get to know these new characters, yeah, exactly. but I'm surprised that they just haven't made a bigger role for him yet, you know, other than being, like you say, the, the screwdriver guy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's got power drill. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah. High hopes for him for the future. Yeah. Though. it's funny. I believe we saw phase one dark troopers. And the reason I rig up yeah. now is because echo like power drilled through their head <laughs> anyway. Right. But I think yeah. those are phase one. Uh, uh, already blanking the name again. Yeah, dark, dark, dark troopers. troopers. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, ninety percent sure. In the uh, in the the training scene, right? That's the right. The fight, yeah. the fight simulation. Yeah, yeah, those are one hundred percent. What in Star Wars Rebels they actually called them Imperial Sentry Droids. Okay. So it's very likely that the term Dark Trooper might be internal beyond the era that right now right because even rebels doesn't use the term dark trooper but they kind of insinuate that that's what it is did they call them um, that in mandalorian they did yeah they called them the dark troopers and they they called them phase three specifically i think was how they described the the dark trooper in in that show yeah and so my theory is that either these imperial sentry droids which you know, apparently, according to this show, exists as of now. Uh, either they exist as a prototype for a very long time before they become a dark trooper phase one. Yeah. Or they actually, because they do in the Mandalorian acknowledge that the first two phases had people inside them, and the third phase yeah. now is a droid. So either that's, that or because like that's the sentry you droid. Know. Yeah. So either that or they. So they basically they might have overlapping things. They might have in the canon that is they might have the dark trooper which is actually called a sentry droid and then they might have a dark trooper which is like people like in a, a suit. suit yeah and then they'll have a second phase to that and then they'll be like oh we went to phase three of a of a dark trooper let's make the sentry droid the dark trooper and make it better right that's that's what i think is going to happen or is at least is what they're building yeah. to because like yeah. if you like the model that they used for this it looks like the original Dark Trooper. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's 100% Dark Trooper. I don't think yeah. that was a coincidence. No, I don't think so either. Okay, we're on the last point here. And uh, this has to do with the scene where they're, the Bad Batch, their crew, is all in the cafeteria. Yeah. And this is going again to the, the, the Mandalorian, the commando books. 
Yeah. Where the commandos were always considered outsiders to all of the other regular yeah. troopers. They always thought, like, yeah. oh, those are those weird Mandalorian guys. They have this weird Mandalorian culture because they were trained by Cal Scrata as well as some were trained specifically by Django Fett. So as opposed to the regular troops who were just got generic training, they actually had uh, Mandalorian culture. So they would use Mandalorian mm-hmm. cuss words and they would, they had, uh, yeah, they had more of the Mandalorian culture in them. Yeah. For they, sure. they kind of filtered the world through a Mandalorian eye. They were right? basically Boba Fett's, but clones with the speed yeah, you know, template added, added to them. And that was it. Like yeah. they were basically like, yeah. Trained, like you said, by, uh, Skirata and Fett and, and, um, I mean, th- that's why I think I love them so much because they're super authentic to Django Fett, but they they're are. just clone yeah. versions, right? And militarized and awesome. <laughs> and sweet armor. Like, they got the best looking suits. Yeah, which is mean. funny because they use that armor on the Bad Batch. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, oh yeah, Wrecker uses the same gun, the same blaster. Yeah, he does, the, yeah. Yeah, DC-17, yeah. Uh, but what I was getting at is in this episode in the cafeteria, you you get that exact same interaction where all the normal troopers are like, oh, there's those weird guys. Yeah. Right. Because like all the all the clones are the same except for these these five. Mm-hmm. So everyone they're walking by like, oh, yeah. One of them calls them like the sad batch or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, there's the sad batch, boys. Yeah. Now the one that joined the sad batch. Yeah outside yeah so i just wanted to point that out because i just see time and time again just nods to the commando novels and i really highly suggest anyone who's interested check them out i i like them a lot they were really fun novels yeah they're good and uh honestly the only one i struggled with the most was the second one i thought that one was uh weirdly yeah that's the one coruscant right that was the one called Triple Zero. That was yeah. That was the one on Coruscant. That one was. I bad, love yeah. Coruscant. I love clones. I love spending time in the barracks with clones and stuff. But this one was just very long. It just didn't. It just didn't get actiony enough for me. Yeah. Um, either way, you can't skip it. You know, it's part of the series. So if you do, if you do read the series, though, would you suggest Audible? They never made them on Audible. Interesting. All right, gotta leave. The, gotta read them old school. Yeah. Um, or Kobo. Yeah, Kobo digitized. <laughs> They're good books, though. Yeah. They're very good. They're the only books. This is this is how highly I rate them. They're the only books I've read and not done like Audible because they weren't available. But they're the because of that, I was so determined to read them and I liked them so much. I actually read the whole series cover to cover, all of them, and I haven't done any other reading like that since high school. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. So when when did you pick them up? When we were at. Uh, it would have been four, three, three years ago now, I think. Three and a half, maybe four, kind of that area. Oh, I forget. Did I give them to you? I think you did, yeah. Yeah, you, get, you gave <laughs> yeah, me your hard copies. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I gave, yeah, I gave you, yeah, right, right. Yeah, because I was clearing out some of my Star Wars books from the, from the Legends and stuff, and they were soft covers, and, you know, I, I, the spines were clearly... You know, it had been cracked open. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to read these again. You, you can have them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked them so much. I yeah, mean, I, I think you, my show. you honestly, you honestly like them more than I did because I mean, I love Republic Commandos and I treasure that game like forever. But um, 
Yeah, I did. I, I I liked the books, but I I didn't love them like you did. Like you clearly have, have enjoyed them. They a lot brought more than so I many have. cool story points, and they added so much detail to the clones. I just I I, I loved yeah. it a lot. And some of my biggest issues with what Dave Filoni has done is because he's veered away from what these books and what the games had established. Yeah, yeah they, they did establish a lot for the clones. It's funny though, books. because like what was established in the books. And in the games was based on the original animated series. Yeah, in, cut, in a way, oh, yeah. Cut. Yeah, yeah. It's all, Well, that's where the whole thing with Star Wars Legends takes place because you kind of make your own sort of idea for what what the continuity is because there really is none. Like there is a loose continuity, but there's yeah. also no story group that's guiding this process True. right like you there's know, uh, that being it said, was Leland Chi the keeper of the holocron it was Leland Chi and whoever else was involved but but that was pretty much it, so right? blame. it was, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no that was just for the continuity of the old EU but I mean it's a different process today yeah. which is a lot more tight um yeah but, you know story group no mm. that's true yeah <laughs> well there's still room in theory because the Delta Squad is, is that right? Im- Imperial Commandos, yeah. It was the last book in the series. Sorry. And they. Delta Squad. Delta Squad, yeah. Delta oh, yeah. Squad is the books. Um, Delta Squad is the squad in the game oh, that shows up through the books. And then there's Omega Squad, which, which is, the, is the main the main squad that takes okay, place so through the story. Yeah, of the it books. is Delta Squad that I wanted then. Delta Squad yeah. was canonized in Clone Wars. So they exist as a yeah, group. Yeah, but we don't yet know, and this is where the gray area felony wish list is. They could Filoni still they they still could keep the canon of them being trained by Cal Scarada and having Mandalorian they like, could personalities because yeah. we really haven't seen much of them at all. No. All we've met aside from Delta Squad, the only Republic Commando that we met was Gregor. Yeah, and uh, he showed up once in the Clone Wars, and then he showed up again in Star Wars Rebels as this crazy loopy old guy who survived that explosion that was big enough to clearly kill him. But that that Katarn armor is, yeah. uh, you know, that's a tough Pretty tough strong. suit. So, um, but Second yeah, I mean, only like, to Beskar. That's right. Uh, the quality plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it would be cool to see them again. It would be cool to see them return as Imperial Commandos because that was one of my favorite books in the series. And um, to see them hunting Jedi was such a cool, cool aspect of the show. And I think to have the Bad Batch take place in this era of what is clearly an era of opportunity. Uh, I know I've suggested to you a few times about the Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith comic books very relevant right now to read those um what's actually going on with those characters mm. right now like as this show takes place um you know bad batch is one side of the coin but if, if you get higher up above tarkin you start to get towards vader and palpatine and stuff it's like right. what's happening with them that's happening in that comic series and it's only four volumes long so if anyone's curious as to like oh yeah i wanted a new star wars animated show but i didn't want them about clones and you're curious about what's happening with the other characters in this exact same time pick those up because uh those dark lord of the sith comics totally honestly the best star wars comic books i have ever read and, like and you wouldn't want to know what happens to Darth Vader immediately after Revenge of the Sith. 
Oh, I mean, yeah, like, who wouldn't want to know that, though? I mean, like, is that what you said? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. No, and that that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you see him screaming no, and then uh, and then the only other time you see him is when he's standing next to Palpatine as they're constructing the Death Star, yeah. and that's it. So it's like you know what else, right? And and this comic book series literally takes place after he says that big no, you know, yeah. like continues that story and and you know Bob's your uncle kind of thing. So yeah, easily easily likable thing, and it makes me wonder if they'll implement some of the aspects of that comic into this show. Inquisitorious, the launch project of Darth Vader's Inquisitors. I could see that. The entire, the entire mention of them existing as Imperial agents hunting down these rogue Jedi is that are galactic criminals. Is there a yeah. mention of how long between the execution of the Jedi and the creation of the inquisition it's well i mean in the comic book it takes place uh the inquisition is the inquisitorious is is brought up in the second volume out of four pretty early is very early that's surprising yeah, it's like, i thought it would have been a couple years later that's what years. i would have thought too but jedi fallen order is a couple years later and they already they're, all they're already a thing yeah they're yeah. all over the place so, and then in Star Wars Rebels, which weirdly enough is where we thought that these were a new thing, are actually kind of dying out. Like these are the last ones of their are of their line because the other ones have died. And uh, the Grand Inquisitor and uh, the other three that show up through the series are the, like the last ones left. And after yeah. them, there's there's nobody because all the other ones have died so far by. Jedi Fallen Order or perhaps, uh, you know, these these comic books uh, or Bad Batch even like who knows what's going to happen to some of those some of those other ones. So hmm. um, definitely worth reading those, though. Super good comics. I can binge them all in like two hours. They're like they're so great. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, let, let's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Let, let's let's wrap things up here. Um, any last any last things to bring up? Uh, on, I guess just to say that. I'm really happy with the way this is going. I know uh, talking to like Bryce, who's been on the show, his biggest concern is that these characters are too tropey, but I feel like they actually have a pretty decent personality and there, there is a little more depth to each one. I think obviously certain they're a little bit, maybe a little bit flat right now just cause early, but I think we're going to definitely learn more. Hunter definitely has depth. And we're obviously going to learn depth uh, through Crosshair as well, for sure. And I think the others will come soon enough as well. All right. Thanks, Blake, again for coming on the show. And uh, a very special little news flash for anyone listening out there. Just a podcast news related stuff. If you guys, this is definitely for the the more uh, regular listeners of ours. First of all, I just want to say it has been a pleasure to do this podcast uh, all this time. I know Blake and I were just talking about it today, and uh, we really enjoy seeing the fact that people actually listen to us banter about Star Wars on a on a weekly basis. I mean, it's encouraging to both us who who run this show, but then also just to know that we actually take up your time in a day 
uh, knowing that you guys listen to us chat about Star Wars for entertainment is is uh, is a huge compliment. And um, you know, we we do this podcast from the heart of a fan, of course, being you know massive Star Wars fans ourselves. But uh, it's also very encouraging to see our listener count go up. And you know, it's it's been uh, it's been a busy year for Star Wars. You know, with High Republic and and Bad Batch and stuff coming out. And uh, we'd love to see that new listeners are tuning into the program. And the best way to honestly, for, because this is a, a non uh, a, a non networked podcast, it's completely independent and it remains ad free. At least you know for the time being, we'd love to keep it that way. And uh, you know this is uh, this is just a decision of of mine personally. Uh, I like giving free content to people. <laughs> it's just something it's gratifying. And, um, you know, I know that, that Blake and the rest of the guests and, 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 uh, co-hosts that you might hear on the, the program, uh, would, would likely uh, nod their heads in agreement, uh, after hearing this, but, you know, we're, we're all Star Wars fans to a massive extent. And it's a huge flattery to know that a lot of you guys listen to us as, uh, an equal, uh, hardcore fan or or casual fan or whatever you consider yourself, um, we we love to know that we're actually entertaining you uh, every week. If if that's kind of how often you tune into the show, and we'd love to hear from you. So um, you know, feel free at any point to send us an email at swescapepodcast um, at at gmail as well as our Twitter, which is also listed in the description. And we just opened up a new Instagram as well, which well, we'll see how it goes. The Facebook page didn't go so well. I feel like nobody uses that these days. But in general, the activity surrounding this podcast has remained uh, honestly not as after a year and a bit, it's not growing as quickly as I would hope it took to grow. It's, it's growing, but it's not growing as fast as it could be unless we get you guys' help. And uh, the best way to help us get this show out there is by posting us on social media. You know, we're not networked. We don't do ads. It's it's 100% uh, us at the show self-promoting it to people, uh, walking through the store and and talk, seeing someone with a Star Wars shirt, handing them a business card <laughs> uh, or, or, or even just a simple message to you listeners who are the powerhouse of, of marketing this program is by copy pasting a link on your Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, tagging us in there at SW Escape Podcast, and just say to your friends, this is the Star Wars podcast that I listen to. And that is honestly the best way to help us out. That and leaving a stellar review on the iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to, if it enables reviews to be left, uh, that is the best way to do to to honestly help us out is all to do with the algorithms and i just wanted to make a very special word of notice to that uh because we would love to see more people tuning in at a at a faster rate especially as uh, more star wars stuff escalates we're going to be getting a lot of content soon and uh you know we love to entertain more people that's just kind of a goal of ours just to reach larger audiences and further places and, uh, you know, you're a big part of that. If you're listening to that right now, you know, you're a huge part of that process of helping us get to that point. So um, if you'd love to, uh, you know, we're not asking for any any money or anything like that. We just love your help in promoting uh, 
promoting the show on on uh, whatever social media platform that you use. So uh, feel free to tag us in there. And, you know, we'd also love to hear from you. And if you ever want your voice uh, on the podcast, feel free to send us a voice memo at our email address or at our SpeakPipe address listed in the description of this podcast episode. And uh, you can leave a voicemail to the program, which, uh, you know, question of the week here would be, uh, how you liked the Bad Batch premiere episode and, uh, you know, what your first response was it? How do you feel about it being a, a Clone Wars sequel? And what do you want to see in this show? Just, you know, a couple of things there. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, we'd actually love to play them on the next review of, uh, of the Bad Batch episode. And uh, speaking of the Bad Batch, of course, it's been a while since we've heard the voice of uh, Diego, our after show host on the Star Wars Escape Pod. He's a busy guy. He works straight two weeks and has one week off. If any of you guys have been a fan of the Clone Wars talk, uh, he's a very busy guy. We attempted doing Rebels talk back in the spring and it didn't go so well. And uh, that's also the reason why I'm making this special announcement here. Uh, Diego was not the biggest fan of Star Wars Rebels. And, you know, to be to be fair, I don't want to force it down his throat. It, it took me a while to get him into Clone Wars. And, and I don't want to do the same with with a second show. He's, he's you know, he's it's going to I know it's going to take him a while to get used to it. And uh, we'll we'll work out a plan. He'll watch some of the some of it eventually, I'm sure. But as far as actually doing an after show, um, it, doing these podcast episodes does take time and it does take a tremendous amount of effort from the heart and the mind to actually take notes while we're watching these things and then talk about them after. And, uh, you know, it, it, in a way, at times it could feel like homework to him and he doesn't even want to watch it in the first place right now. He's a bit burned out with Star Wars, but the Bad Batch has interested him a lot. So if you don't hear the voice of Diego for a while on the show, it is because uh, he is a Star Wars fan to the core, and he loves uh, the 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 movies that he loves, and he loves the shows that he loves, and uh, he does like the idea of watching the Bad Batch, and and uh, we did post a, a tweet saying that he would return for uh, to the show, uh, and specifically to Rebels talk, but I think that plan is about to change, and uh, Diego will return as a voice on the show for the Bad Batch talk, which will happen later in the year after this first season has commenced and the first season is fully available. Uh, we're going to bash through that show and do a new after show series called the Bad Batch talk. Meanwhile, the Rebels talk that we started in spring and pulled the first episode because it's been it'd been weeks since we uh, since we did that first episode and, and uh, it made no sense to have that out there without a follow-up. Um, I had actually pulled the episode because of that reason. And and I don't know if there's anyone wondering about that as to why it was pulled. But um, the reason is, is because it was just weeks had gone by and there was no Rebels Talk Part 2. And, um, you know, my concern was that there wouldn't be for a very long time. And, and sure enough, that that is the case. So uh, we'd love to revisit Rebels with Rebels Talk. And uh, I don't know if Diego's going to be the one that will do that after show. Uh, and yet Blake, our co-host on the show, has been awesome. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. And uh, of course, uh, I would love to have him actually take up the reins uh, to do the Rebels talk show. So um, all of you guys listening to the program, the Rebels talk part one was actually quite a popular episode, believe it or not. And so I would love to 
uh, do that show in regards to the listeners who loved Rebels and want to break that show down and uh, hear a lot more about it. And so uh, he'll probably take the reins as far as doing Rebels Talk and Resistance uh, Talk, uh, which is going to be our, our talk shows, our after, show hosts, um, our, our after shows based on, on, uh, on those two animated series. So a lot of news there, and I just wanted to get it out in a short amount of se- uh, a short segment. Uh, it's um, it's been an honor uh, doing this, doing the show. We're gonna keep doing the show. We need your help to promote the show. And Diego will return with the Bad Batch talk. Meanwhile, our co-host Blake will be doing the reviews as we watch them week to week, as well as pick up the reins potentially for rebels talk and resistance talk down the road when we reach a dry patch that that is something that uh, we have time to get into again so up until that point though let's get into the outro and uh i just got a few words few last words to say before we call it a day Thank you all to uh, those who listened to that spiel back there, as well as the entire length of this episode. I mean, once again, it is a huge honor to host the program, and we're glad that you were able to tune into Star Wars Escape Pod today. Stay tuned for a lot more coming up on the program. We've got What Happened episodes featuring Saw Gerrera, Thrawn, and Tarkin. We're going to be getting into a lot of these characters that will have to do with the new animated shows and the live action shows coming up. And so... Uh, You'll you'll see a few of them popping up here and there. We also got plans to do one based on Sifo-Dyas. There's not a lot of content that he's in, and that's part of the reason why we want to do one, because it is such a big concept uh, of having this Jedi that has something so much to do with the clone army and everything. Very relevant to the Bad Batch right now and yet uh, he's never seen on screen in the live action films. So uh, that's another one that we would like to hit uh, before uh, it gets too late as far as relevance. But uh, stay tuned for those, as well as any Lightspeed episodes featuring news and headlines in under 15 minutes. Of course, I mentioned Rebels Talk earlier with, uh, with Blake, possibly Diego, but most likely Blake. We got Bad Batch Talk when the first season finishes, which won't be too far. It's supposed to be a 16-episode season, so we'll see what happens there. And uh, Diego's looking forward to returning uh, with the Clone Wars follow-up, which will be all about the Bad Batch. So lots of content to look forward to on Star Wars Escape Pod. Feel free to leave us an email, tweet, Instagram, or any other related material, voicemail, whatever you got. Send them through. We'd love to hear from you. And may the Force be with you.